Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right, welcome to our podcast, Doing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merritt Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. Listen, I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers, uh, and just all who you meet in your journey of life. You know, in, in their classical 1999 film, The Matrix, the producers, they did successfully tap into something. Uh, they, they successfully tapped into an age-old question, which seems to be very much endemic to our human psyche. And the question is this, right? It's a question that people from in all generations, in all walks of life, in all nations tend to ask. And the question is this, what is the truth about the human condition? Or in the postmodern jargon of the matrix, what is the matrix? Well, in a, in a review of the matrix movie in for the Christian Science Monitor, Josh Burek writes, he says by day, Thomas Anderson is a cubicle bound software programmer. By night, he's a computer hacker known as Neo with troubling questions about reality. A rebel group led by Morpheus recruits Neo and offers him a chance to discover the truth about the Matrix. Neo is unplugged from the Matrix and realizes that humans are slaves to an empire of man-made intelligent machines. The Matrix then is a virtual reality program hardwired into the human brain to deceive mankind about this truth. Neo reluctantly accepts his mission to free the human race. So, here's the deal. As it turns out, the truth is not far from fiction, right? So as in the postmodern parable of the matrix, uh, the, in reality, a veil of deception has been pulled over our eyes for the longest time. We have been blind to the truth, which is that we are slaves to an evil empire. Ever since Adam and Eve fell under the, the influence of uh, Satan or Lucifer, uh, we have become slaves to an evil empire, uh, in a sense. And, and so the truth is that we are slaves. We are slaves to sin. Now, so what is sin? We often hear religious people talking about uh, sin and what sin is. And, and the Bible does mention sin several times. Uh, in fact, the Bible does give, a, give us a definition of what sin is. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, uh, one version of the Bible uh, gives us this definition of, of sin. It says, everyone who practices sin commits an act of rebellion, and sin is rebellion against God. Another a version of the Bible renders 1 John chapter 4 this way. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. So sin is rebellion against God, basically. In other words, uh, today the reality is that much of humanity is living in a state of rebellion against God, in rebellion against his word, the Bible, uh, in rebellion against his laws, and, and that is what sin is. They are living in sin. So the reality of our human condition is that uh, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, every human being, except for one of course, born into this world has, has at some point sinned or, or rebelled against God, right? Um, and the Apostle Paul writes, this is clear in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. He says, all have sinned. All have fallen short of God's glorious standard, 
right? And so here, here's the point. Even though none of us uh, share the guilt of Adam's original sin, the Bible news is that the moment you and I are born into this world, there are just tremendous, impossible odds stacked against us. Um, as Adam's descendants, we all carry within our veins DNA that has been ravaged and weakened by centuries of human rebellion. All of us have inherited human frailties from our parents, and as such, we all have an overpowering propensity for rebellion against God's word, for rebellion against his will for us, and, and rebellion against his law, right? And, and here is more bad news. Are you ready for it? The bad news is that the Bible reveals that a life that is in continual rebellion against God eventually leads to, to death and eternal separation from God. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 is very clear. Yeah, and we read there, it says that the, the, the reward or the wages for sin, for a life of sin, is death, right? Further lamenting our human predicament or human condition, Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 10 to 18, he says, No one is good, not even one. No one has real understanding. No one is seeking God. All have turned away from God. All have gone wrong, Paul says. No one is good, not even one, right? Now, this is certainly not good news because if you think about it, this would mean that all of us, all of humanity or much of humanity is on death row. All of us have a death sentence or many of us have a death sentence hanging over our heads. So right up, well, just now, right now, you may, you may be thinking, listen, what in the world is Merrick saying? I can't be all that bad. I mean, compared to all the wretched bays of society, I am a fairly decent, moral, good, law-abiding, and upstanding citizen. Uh, however, I was reading uh, Morris's, Morris Venden's book, really great book. It's called To Know God. You guys should get it, right? And in this book, he writes, sin is living a life apart from God, he says. And it makes no difference how good a life that may be. He says there are many people living who live uh, a good moral, or they're living good moral lives, uh, but they're living apart from God, right? And, and, and he says, and he says, but they are living in sin when they do this. Their good lives are sin, he says, right? So the truth is, folks, uh, when we honestly examine ourselves uh, by God's moral standard, by His law of love found in the Ten Commandments. Uh, Exodus 20, uh, we find that our lives just falls glaringly short of what God expects of us. A, a life that is lived apart from God is a life that is in rebellion against God. It, it's simple that, right? It is a life of sin. And the Bible is clear in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, everyone who commits or practices sin uh, is guilty of lawlessness. For that is what sin is, lawlessness. It is breaking, it is just violating God's standard or his law. First uh, John 3 verse 14, right? And so when we live our lives outside of a relationship with God, uh, I mean, our motives for doing good will always be tainted somehow by our own selfishness and our self-centeredness. People who do not know God will many times do the right things for the wrong reasons. Right? Again, Morris Venden says in the same book, To Know God, he says here, he writes, Sin has damaged the inner life of human beings. The moral and spiritual values that rule over God's universe is no longer rule over the natural human heart, he says. We humans know, we know that there is something wrong with us. 
and we wish for something better. At times we try to do what is good and right only to discover that the sinful mind is just hostile to God. That's why it is hostile to God. It does not submit and will not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Romans 8, uh, 6 and 7. And so here is, here's the big question. You know, every, and every, every episode we have a big question here, right? A critical question. Uh, and so the critical question is this. Is there any way for us to repair our lives? Lives that have been damaged by sinful living. Is there any way for us to make things right with God? How can we be freed from a life that has been in constant rebellion and sin against God? Well, my friends, the truth is we can never by our own good deeds be able to make ourselves right with God. Never in a million, billion years. We can't do it, right? Uh, Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 5 to 6, I mean, he puts it this way, right? Straight up. He says, we are constant sinners, right? How can people like us be saved? He writes, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we proudly display our righteous or good deeds, we find they are but filthy rags, he says. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and, and our sins, like the wind, sweep us away. You know, Paul cries out a lot in Romans chapter 7, uh, in Romans chapter 7, he just, I mean, he, he, and you may have found yourself in a very similar uh, position and, and in your crying, in your seeking of the God. And Paul cries out in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, 24. Uh, and, and this is what he says, right? He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want, I, I want, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong but I do it anyway. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. He says, I love God's law with all of my heart, but he says there is another power that is, in, that is at war with my mind. He says, this power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. My friends, the reality of our human condition is that we are helpless to help ourselves. Left to ourselves, we are doomed to a life of suffering, misery, disappointment, uh, pain, and, and death. And, and, and like Paul, we, we cry out. We cry out in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, as we come to grips with our fearful condition. Like Paul, we cry out, oh, what a wretched, what a miserable person I am. And we cry out, who will free me? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Who will free us? But there is good news. There is absolutely good news, my friends. There is good news. There is hope. God has, has made a way of escape from, from a life that is dominated by sin and death. God has provided a way out for us, uh, an escape, right? Uh, because of his boundless love, because of his grace, because of his mercy, God has not abandoned us to, to utter despair and eternal loss. He has devised and indeed he has activated a divine plan in which we can find redemption, in which we can find freedom. In fact, Paul gives us the answer there in Romans chapter 7 verse 25 to our cries. He says, thank God, thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus. The answer is in Jesus Christ. 
thank God the answer for a life that is not dominated by sin and, and rebellion against God is Jesus. Jesus is more than able to free us. Jesus is more than able to free you. He's more than able to free uh, able to free me from lives that are dominated by sin and rebellion against God. Right? No, that is very good news. That is very good news. You know, several years ago, uh, the songwriter Bill Gaither wrote these words, and it's absolutely one of my favorite all-time songs. Right? Uh, and the words of the song goes it goes like this. He says, "God sent His Son." They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior Jesus lives. And he says, because he lives, because Jesus lives, I can, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know Jesus holds the future. And my life your life is worth the living just because Jesus lives. My friends, Jesus loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us with a love that uh, it will take an eternity for us to understand Jesus' love for us. And he's more than able. He's all, he has all power and all authority. He's more than able to free us from a life of sin and death. Jesus loves us and he wants for you and I to get to know him better, to have a relationship with him. Why not, right now, invite him to come into your life today? Why not invite him to come into your life? In fact, God tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, God says to us, it is Jesus who's saying to us, I know what I've planned for you. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope, Jesus says. Jesus says, when you call out to me and you come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. If you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. Why not reach out to Jesus right now uh, if you have not yet accepted him uh, as your Lord and as the only one who can free you from a life of, of sin and death and rebellion. Why not reach out to him right now? My friends, this God of love, this Jesus has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you will come to trust Jesus more and more in a life of faith. He is more than able to free you of all of your challenges, to free you from all of your struggles, to free, free you of everything that comes against you as you accept him into your life. I promise you, if you do, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior and as the one who is able to free you, your life will never be the same. I always want to encourage you, right, uh, to like and to subscribe and to share this podcast uh, from wherever you listen. Uh, you can add, you can email me. My email is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. It's knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. If you have additional questions, uh, if you have prayer requests, listen, uh, I, I have these book stubs. And so there's a book that actually inspired this podcast called Knowing Tomorrow Today. Uh, glimpses of the future will change your life. Uh, I want to send you uh, a book stub so you can get a free copy of this book. Uh, so send me an email first, five people or so who emails me. I will, you know, just send you guys uh, a free copy uh, of the book. 
All right. May God continue to bless you. Uh, I'm Mary Brown. Until next time. Until then, stay blessed and stay well. Get back.